93.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The modern-day Sanhedrin is getting into the oil business, but it's not Texas tea thereafter. We'll explain how Russia is finally getting along with Bible prophecy. And speaking of Bible prophecy, if pastors refuse to teach it, they are refusing 20 to 40 percent of the Bible. We'll tell you who said that, plus much more, as we discuss the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, November 12th, 2021. Thanks for uh, joining us on episode 191, whether you're listening live right now or later on our many podcast outlets. We appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to hang out with us. And if this is your first time with our program, We are gluten-free, keto-friendly, and none of our episodes need to be refrigerated after opening. And the reason why is because Pastor Mark is already chilled. (laughs) Because Uh Uh he's no ordinary pastor. That's right. Pastor Mark is the Pastor Lorian. Yes, I'm in charge. The modern-day prophecy hunter. I'm in charge of defending and protecting the chosen one. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, the chosen one, Jesus Christ. They have their fake story. We have our real one, and so the we have to protect. He can defend himself okay. well, but this is how much you like the Mandalorian because you got right into character. This, the fact that I just sprung this on you, phased you not. You were totally like, if you had the helmet, you would have put it on right now. Let me tell you what. If that little dude wasn't so expensive, yes. I saw him. He was like thirty dollars at yeah. Food City. I was going to have him with me, and I was going to lift him up. Yeah, so you could. See him then you'd be like he's mine yeah (laughs) all right enough fun and frivolity all right no you're you're creative greg you're creative so that's good that's why that's why you're here that's good it's my contribution to the furtherment of bible prophecy there you go there There you go go. this is our truth in 10 segment this is where pastor mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less Pastor Mark, our question this week comes from Jason, who consumes Signs of the Times happily in Huntsville, Alabama. And the title for his question is Peace and Safety. And he says this in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It is my understanding that Paul is speaking about the rapture of the church. In verse 3, he speaks of whom I interpret to be the world leaders of the time who are saying, peace and safety, and then sudden destruction comes upon them. If this verse is referring to immediately prior to the rapture, are we to gather that the sudden destruction is a result of the fallout of the rapture? Also, does peace and safety mean that's what the world's leaders' sentiments will be to the world population, maybe even in the midst of self-inflicted chaos and pestilence? I can easily recognize the safety part, which we can pull directly from any of the current administration's talking points about the COVID-19 vaccine. But what about the peace part? This leads me to believe the world could be in store for some wars slash rumors of wars before the rapture. Yeah, th- there's so much in there. Yeah. And I think the thing to do is to let's cover Tear the whole. Apart. Yeah, um, I think in the whole view is what's going to help you, Jason, having the whole overall view here. Let me read this. First Thess- Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, it says, but the coming in times of the season, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord comes so as a thief in the night. Now, if he's coming as a thief in the night, that identifies it as the rapture, because we'll be able to count down the days of the second coming. Uh, once he signs that peace treaty, it's exactly 2,520 days until the second coming. So he's talking here, context shows us it's the rapture, because it's, it's going to be something we don't know about. And then he says, uh, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them, and they shall not escape. 
Uh, he goes on and says, be sober, be watching, be vigilant, uh, etc. He reminds us that we're not appointed to wrath, which again shows us that it is the rapture because God's wrath is what's poured out in the Great Tribulation. Um, and, and then you mentioned about wars and rumors of wars and could it be a sign of those kind of things. Let me back up and say, first of all, in Matthew 24, and then we'll get back to this, the Lord talks about what it'll be like in the last days. And, and Jason, all these things will be there in the last days. Wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, um, you know, um, ethnos against ethnos, kingdom against kingdom. All these things will be happening in the last days. And are happening. And, are, and have been for a long time. So yeah. it's not like it's something new. What he was saying is this. When he says uh, there in verse 8, this is the beginning of sorrows, it literally in the language is this is the beginning of birth pangs. And it's speaking of a woman giving birth to a child. And it's like it starts out gradual. They have what they call Braxton Hicks for a while to get in the stomach ready. The muscles kind of self-contract. And then you move right into contractions when you go into labor. And the tra- contractions come in waves. They get strong, stronger and stronger as you move further in the, pregn- in the birthing process. And then you know, they'll, they'll taper off. And they get strong again, taper off, get stronger, taper off, get stronger. You get the point. The Lord said that's what it's going to be like. So... There's going to be wars and rumors of wars right now, and there have been for years. We're in, I believe right now we're about to head in from reading articles, which we're not going to get into a lot today, I don't think, but because of the question, I'll mention it. Uh, I think we're getting ready to head into, very possibly, a contraction of wars and rumors of wars, because right now uh, Russia is threatening to, again, move on Ukraine. They know America's weak. Our president's not strong right now for warfare. We're not a strong country. So everybody's going to make their move, and I've been warning that was going to come. China's talking about hitting uh, Taiwan, taking that over. Uh, Russia now is talking about going back into uh, the, the, the Yugoslavia or the Slavic areas. And, and, uh, and you're hearing these, these ramblings. Iran's threatening America and Israel, which they always do. But at the same time, we may be headed into a moment, uh, because they have kind of spoken more seriously about it, even in the State Department, saying there could be a war with Russia moving here, etc., that would be a contraction. That would be wars and rumors of wars. But that doesn't necessarily indicate the rapture, other than we know we're close. So all these things will be happening, and they'll be happening in different phases, different things. Um, as far as the, um, the rapture goes and the peace and safety aspect of the question, the Bible says that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, right at the rapture, sometime right around the rapture, the Antichrist will come on the scene, and it tells us in Daniel chapter 11, he's going to come in with peace and intrigue. So he's going to usher in a season of world peace and intrigue at the very beginning of the final seven years before the Lord comes back, which is after the church is raptured. And then after those three and a half years of peace and safety, we finally have peace and safety. This world leader is making everything safe. Let's you know, worship him eventually. Then you get to the three-and-a-half-year point of the Great Tribulation, and sudden destruction comes upon everybody on the planet. And that's what it's talking about with the peace and the sudden destruction. So understand the difference in the contractions always happening in these events, and then the peace and sudden destruction talks about the first and last half of the uh, Great Tribulation span of seven years. And uh, Pastor Mark, maybe you can talk about the separation there in Matthew 24, because the earthquakes, the nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, all of that stuff is verses 1 through 8. Yes. And then in verse 9, yeah. the prophecy changes, or his his pr- prophetic speech changes. Maybe you can elaborate on that, because yeah. that'll further help Jason understand why the thing the things that he's seeing or uh, are, are, are concerned about would be before the rapture. Yeah, great great clar- clarification there, yep. Greg. When you get past verse 8, the tenor suddenly changes, and it becomes very Jewish. It speaks about being persecuted in synagogues. Uh, what will happen to your people? When you see the Antichrist, uh, the abomination of desolation on the Temple Mount, everything's Jew, Jerusalem, synagogue, it's very Jewish. And, and that is an indicator, I believe, very clearly. I, I, would, I would say you know, only God knows, but I have a strong conviction that's a clear indicator that that means the rapture has taken place by verse 8. When verse 8 is done, between verse 8 and verse 9, I believe, is where the rapture falls in that scenario because the church is taken out, the Gentiles are taken out. Now God begins specifically, he said, to deal with the nation of Israel for seven years. That's when you see the 144,000 get saved. That's when uh, this whole thing will take place. And, uh, and that's also right around the timing of these world leaders, or I should say Russia and Iran, attacking Israel, as well as other Sudan and others attacking Israel and moving against them. And, um, and, and so that may be the thing, Jason, that ushers in the appearance of the Antichrist, because it says that God's going to intervene and supernaturally just wipe those armies out. Five-sixths of them, it tells us in Ezekiel, are going to be wiped out by God supernaturally. 
And so the world's going to, it's going to have the world's attention. Everybody's going to go, that couldn't have happened except for God. So that indicates to me it's not going to be nuclear. It's not going to be some great uh, political military move. I think there's going to be something supernatural take place, almost like Sodom and Gomorrah, where he just kind of fire and brimstone was rained down on them. And when that happens, it's going to have the world's attention. The world's going to say, this is so dramatic. We can't have this kind of thing happen again. I think the Antichrist is going to step on the scene and say, yes, you're right. And I'm here to usher in that world peace. Daniel chapter 11, he'll usher in peace with intrigue. And the world's going to follow him. You'll enter that time of peace and safety. And then the last three and a half years, God's wrath, the great tribulation. All right, Jason, we hope that answered your question. And if you've got a question like Jason, we encourage you to visit thewaymedia.net or download the Waymedia app and just go to Signs of the Times and uh, you'll see where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. Now, Pastor Mark, uh, unfortunately, we uh, we did not get an A grade in our show prep because I forgot to ask you if you had any soapbox you wanted to jump on and, and rant and rave on a little bit or talk about, or did you want to get right into articles? Well, I, no, no. And normally, Greg, if I have something really burning on me, I'll let you know that. Okay. You, know that. you didn't, you didn't fail. Okay. You, you, you still get an A for okay. the class. Wow. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of times we have a topic. There are several things to talk about, but I think that we'll cover them, uh, as we go through this. I, we have articles about, uh, COVID and the world. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll address some of those okay. issues. I have some climate issues and some COVID issues that okay. I can certainly use yeah. the whole first half. Okay. Uh, for some update stuff, let's do it in the articles. Okay, that sounds good. Yes. So let's get into articles. Uh, our first one here uh, from Israel, and this is from Israel365news.com. Uh, the Sanhedrin begins to prepare oil, but not to fuel cars, right. but to anoint their King Messiah, or what they would refer to as their Messiah Ben David. Yes, let me, very interesting article, yes. let me read a portion of it and then tell you how I feel that it fits in, if at all, in last day's prophecy. Yep. After an exhaustive study into the details surrounding the oil used to anoint the Kohen Gadol, which means the high priest, and the kings of Israel, the Sanhedrin is moving forward to prepare enough to anoint the Messiah from the house of David, who, when he returns, will rule over Israel in the Messianic era. The anointing oil was described in the Bible to be used in the consecration of the tabernacle. And I quote from Exodus thirty twenty five: Make of this sacred anointing oil a compound of ingredients expertly blended to serve as a sacred anointing oil. Originally, the oil was used exclusively for the priests in the tabernacle articles, but its use was later extended to include prophets and kings. Shmuel took a flask of oil and poured on some of Shaul's head. That's Samuel. That's the way they say it. I'm reading from the Hebrew uh, wording of it uh, from their article. And so basically Samuel was anointing Saul's head and he kissed him and said, Hashem herewith anoints you ruler over his own people. So God, the name Hashem means the name. Uh, and when he anointed him with oil, it is expressly forbidden by the Bible to recreate the oil for any other purpose punished by a uh, punishable by karet or karat, uh, which means capital punishment. It's the most severe punishment described in the Bible. Now, and look, if you love prophecy and you're excited... Does that also mean to be cut off from the congregation? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, you're, you're killed. You, so you're cut off. I mean, you're, you're dead. Oh, so, so that's a physical thing. Yeah, okay. this is a... You're, they put them to death. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you're done. I thought it was excluded from the synagogue, Karat. Anyway, never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Look, if you like, if you're excited about these kind of things, you know, you, this can get your attention, but there's really not much to this. Let me explain it. First of all, many of you might not even have known there was a Sanhedrin again. They used to be the ruling group in the days of Jesus. Now, the Sanhedrin today has reconvened, and I forget how many years they've been around, maybe 20 years by now. I don't know. Could be longer. I'd have to go look. They are based up in Tiberias, uh, which is by the Sea of Galilee. They're a very radical, um, you know, group, and they're, they're, they've put themselves together so that when the Messiah does come and the ruling of the nation begins again. They can be with him and they're the Sanhedrin, he rule, et cetera. They're unbelievers. They're not saved. They're, they're weird. Their doctrines are strange, but they do understand. They do stand to the Bible, but I'm saying they're confused because they don't know the Messiah. Um, they're really aggressive, actually. I mean, uh, you get some of the guys up there in, in Tiberias, they'll come and yell at you and it's a mess. But anyway, okay. so, so to say, okay, the oil, that means the Messiah can come and they'll anoint him with oil. Okay. There was an anointing oil for their leaders. Here's the problem. Jesus is not going to let these guys who don't even know him anoint him with oil. He's, or, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, the Antichrist is not going to let these guys anoint him with oil because they're a fringe group. Uh, it would create a world stir. I mean, this oil, I guarantee, I, I feel confident, I guarantee he's not going to let them anoint him with oil, even though if they believe he's the Messiah. Now, could it happen? Yes. 
Does the nation look to these guys as leaders? No. But if they did look to them as leaders, then if they he look might. to them as leaders. This yeah. could be more important. Yeah. yeah. And I just I think this is going to be a non-issue. Um, but the bottom line is we won't know because we'll be taken out of here. Then the Antichrist will come on the scene. So, look, if we're up there in the kingdom and we're at their wedding supper of the Lamb and we see that they're using the oil, I'll go, you know what? I was wrong on that one. Um, but, but, but either way, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But it is in, and here's what it does show, Greg. Here's why I left it. It's interesting news. Yeah. And it does show that the Jews themselves, the unsaved, um, uh, committed uh, Jews, Orthodox, whatever, they do believe the Messiah is near and they are watching for him. So that's the main thing here. Whether the oil's used or has anything he even acknowledged, the Antichrist even acknowledges those guys isn't the point. The point is they, they're looking for the Messiah. And who knows? If he lets them rebuild their temple, they may be there on the Temple Mount and say, may we anoint you with oil. He may let them. Something like that. Some kind of ceremony could happen. I don't know. But the oil itself is not going to do anything. It'll, it'll just be the Antichrist ruling the world. And I don't think much will come of this other than it's an interesting article. And it shows the mindset of the Jews that are unsaved in Israel looking for their Messiah. So this... We couldn't look at this as a prophetic barometer of sorts that, you well, know, that, that, you know, that we're, we're getting closer in that sense. I, I've always looked at any story that comes out of Israel that has to do with the Temple Mount, that has to do with preparation for the Temple Mount. Yeah. Uh, a friction regarding that because yeah. that third temple is so integral. Yeah. To prophecy. Right. Anyway, no, just I, a thought. I, no, and that goes back to what I said, Greg. You're right. What I'm saying is I think it does indicate where their mindset is, okay. and, and their mindset will be there in the last days. But here's the thing I'm not sure of. I don't know that this – the Sanhedrin is kind of a fringe group in Israeli eyes. I don't know that they're even really connected to the Temple Institute, which are the guys that are putting it all together. And that's the legit one. Yeah, yeah and so I don't, I don't know. I mean, there may be a better connection there than I know behind the scenes, but I know they're kind of a fringe group that you know, kind of you know, yell at you and will throw things at you. And they're the kind of guys that write letters to – if you go there, they say, why are you defending Israel? Stop mm. defending Israel. We have no right because our Messiah hadn't come yet. Yeah. Which will the Orthodox? They do. The, yeah, it's there. It's the same kind of vein. Yeah, I mean, I anyway. Anyways. We'll see. Okay. But that, it's interesting enough. I wanted to mention it. To be continued. Yes. As with every other prophecy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's look at some Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine news. This is coming from Israel three sixty-five news dot com, where we see Russia turns on Israel yeah. and blasts the IDF airstrikes in Syria. You know, Israel, or Russia. It's about time. Yeah, that you get on board with Bible prophecy. Yeah, you know this is a and huge start coming turn. after Israel. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen a turn like this. You know, two yeah. things have happened, Greg. One that we don't have an article I'll mention before I read some of this, and that is America for the first time backed the Palestinians on having their um, embassy in, in in Jerusalem. That's never happened. Uh, we've always voted no. This time the U.S. is we have voted absentia or, or absentee or however you vote absentee. So we didn't say yes. Uh, to, to say we're going to completely turn our back on you, Israel, but we did say we're not going to vote no anymore. So there's a shift against against Israel by America. Yep. At the same time, Russia now having a shift. They've been allowing Israel to carry out their airstrikes against Iranian targets and things in Syria, but Russia is occupying uh, Syria right now, and they're on the border, and so they have to get permission. Israel gets permission because they don't want to start war with Russia. And now for the first time, Russia's going, you know what? We don't think we're going to let you do this anymore. This is going to create tension. Israel has to bomb those sites or they'll get bombed. And so when that happens, again, we talk about the hooks in the jaw. What's going to make Russia and Iran just do this thing? This could be the type of thing. Russian ambassador uh, to Syria, Alexander Yefimov, on Thursday harshly criticized the recent string of alleged Israeli airstrikes in Syria, saying that they undermine joint Gremlin. Um, Gremlin. Gremlin. <laughs> uh, that's a Freudian yes, that's, slip, There you go. It? Joint Kremlin-Damascus <laughs> efforts to stabilize the country. And even posed a threat to civilian air traffic. So, again, you, this could even, again, they're saying this affects everything. His claims seem to contradict previous Israeli statements regarding ongoing security coordination and cooperation between Moscow and Jerusalem in the Syrian arena. As a reminder, following Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Sochi last month, it was reported that the sides agreed that Israel could continue acting freely in Syria. Now they're not. In other words, the terrorist threat remains real in Syria, and it is too early to get complacent. To its credit, Syria does everything possible to prevent and combat terrorism. However, the Syrian government will be able to act more efficiently only by restoring its control over the entire national territory, he said. 
So what they're saying is we've got to give this uh, control back to the Syrian government, which means Israel can't just come in whenever they want and bomb. And so this is this is huge. Keep your eye on this, because now this is further restrictions on the nation of Israel and how they deal with Syria. And it would be like having an extra neighbor that's lobbing life, you know, threatening bombs under your under your house. And you've been stopping them with the agreement of all the other neighbors because you're stronger. But now the neighbors said, no, you can't do that anymore. We're not going to allow you to, to defend yourself Wow. Would you still defend yourself? I would. And what does that mean? All your neighbors are going to get angry and attack you. This could be the kind of thing, that, again, that just creates a, a, a further pressure cooker pushing things more to war, and that is Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, and we talk about the hooks in the jaw, plural, yeah. and that the hooks will turn Russia around right. and back right. towards. And I remember we had a story not too long ago, maybe within the last couple of years, um, where the Russian military was exiting. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yes, but they didn't. Something stopped it. Okay. So anyway, in my mind, and now, now what you're just sharing about, okay, well, it's on the table for the Syrian government to be restored. Yeah. And they can, you know, govern their country again. Right. So I'm wondering, okay, do we have to go through that? And Russia you know, leaves know. and then comes. Saying. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm yeah. looking for that. Has the turn? Did the turn already happen and we missed it? Yeah. Are the hooks in the or, are the hooks in the jaw already there? Yeah. Or yeah. are we or, still or is waiting? Russia going to head away and something happened to pull them back? I, you know, exactly. We'll have to wait and see for sure. But I get the impression you're going to see Russia kind of mo- moving out, and probably a lot of the prophecy people that maybe haven't paid attention to where it says he'll turn you around, they're going to go, in, well, this is weird. Maybe it's not time. That, to me, would always be saying, oh, boy, it's about to happen because they're going to get turned right back around and come down into battle. Exactly. So I don't know, Greg. We'll have to wait and see. But we do know something's going to happen to turn them around with hooks in the yeah. jaw and pull them back. Israel, in other words, Russia's going to be pulled into this battle. They're not going to be leading the way iran will lead the way russia gets pulled into it and then five six of both of their armies as well as probably uh sudan and and the others that are coming in as well they're going to also you know be wiped out as well well and that would be another thing that we'd have to be watching for is hearing about them joining along with russia in whatever that turn is yes so israel it could be israel defending herself uh, and also, too, we can't forget we this. It's a the it's the prophetic wild card that I like. I like to call it the prophetic wild card, and that's Isaiah seventeen one. Yeah, the destruction of Damascus yeah. hasn't happened yet. Is the destruction of Damascus going to be part one of the hooks in the jaw? That's we, right. We just don't know. That's right. Yeah, but it's a prophecy that's yeah. yet to be fulfilled, and I would imagine it's called out on its own. It's got to have some level of importance. Yeah, I mean, it could be a standalone event, and if yeah. it is, Greg, it will have great importance. Now, yeah. if it happens at the same time of all these other things, it may just be a part of it. Yeah. But if it's a standalone event, that could, again be one of the triggers right yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, uh, let's come back across the pond, as we like to say. I don't think anyone in Europe says that, maybe, but we do. This is uh, ChristianHeadlines.com, and a Christian company is using artificial intelligence to create the first ever virtual gospel artist. you got to be kidding me. Straight from the heart. Straight from the microchip. Straight from the bionic heart. Straight from the microchip, yes. Straight from the the hard drive. Yes. Something. Straight from the CPU. Solid state. Whatever. Solid state, yes. We could go on forever. <laughs> yes, we could. But our listeners would prefer that we don't. And we, so we won't. So we won't. Okay. No, no, I want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. No, uh, <laughs> no you want to go you ahead. Don't cover the no, article. No, no, no. No, listen to what I said. This is amazing. A Christian entertainment and media company has released a new single that is performed by a virtual gospel artist made from artificial intelligence. you got to hear this, Greg. The virtual artist named JC. Okay, come on, guys. Uh, JC was created by Marcus Boone Enterprises in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, reports CBN News. According to the website, the company was founded in 2013, and its vision is to captivate, cultivate, commission, and coach widespread audiences with solid expressions of God's love through entertainment. Here's the, Okay, I get that, but... How do you express God's love by a robot? Anyway, last month, uh, MBE, the company, <laughs> dropped bites. its first single, Biblical Love, uh, which is entirely performed by JC. According to the press release, JC was created to be a forefront runner in the metaverse. Uh oh. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yep, yep. Already, you know, so uh, Relevant Magazine reports that the gospel song was written, recorded, and performed by an algorithm. 
Moreover, a press release about the song states that it's about unqualifiable love beyond description or measure, a love of biblical proportions that transcends to everyone and everything. Now, the song, however, is a rendition. It's a rendition that was originally performed by a British singer and songwriter, Callum Scott. Scott, who's best known for competing in Britain's uh, You've Got Talent in 2015, released a song as just biblical in June this year. Uh, so they're doing biblical love, but they did an algorithm and kind of redid it with their own, you know, computerized guy or whatever, this kind of thing. And, you know, I, look, okay, technology's cool, and you can do that. But to me, that takes away everything to do with the real soul of music. I mean, there's no real soul here. It's a machine. There's no yeah. – it's like – to me, what makes music so good is the heart it's coming from and the, right. the humanness of it. Right. And, and, and anyway, I know. Interesting technology. I don't know how that plays into a last days other than metaverse stuff and the technology increasing, but it is very interesting. Well, we talk about a lot of these things that we see right now are preparation or conditioning society to accept things that are coming down the road. Right. And on Fox, uh, you know, they've got that show that's called The Masked Singer. Where you've got a guy in a costume or a girl right. in a costume and they're singing. Okay, you've right. seen the previous show. Yeah, okay. right. All right. Well, they've got a, a and so I, I, these shows must be wildly popular. Otherwise, Fox wouldn't keep cranking them out. But they've got a show that comes on after that. Haven't seen it. Only seen the previews called Alter Ego. Okay. And what it is is that there's people in the back. And 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 if you've ever seen the behind the scenes thing, how they make some of these movies. Uh, where they're animated, but they're based on real human movement, and the guys in that black yes. suit, and he's got yeah. the little dots on. Yeah, yeah, on. picks okay. everything up in their movements. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's what they're doing. Wow. And then the avatar, or the hologram, right, shows up on stage in in front yeah. of people in reality. Wow. They're physically seeing wow. this hologram in its image. It's it's there on the stage. They're, they're, it's not like they're looking at a TV screen, right? It's just projected right there, but there's somebody in the back that's the performer. The man behind the curtain. The the man behind the curtain, (laughs) and he's actually, or she, whoever, is actually singing the song, but they're all geared up. So when they're making movements in the back of the, you know, in the backstage, that avatar, that hologram is mimicking whatever they're doing in the back. So why wouldn't you just do it yourself for real out there? I mean, is it just because it's cool? Because it's it's the same premise as the masked singer. I think that's what they what they did. So instead oh, of putting so you, person, they don't have the face of the person on it, right? It's a it's a ah, it's a caricature. It's wow. a it's a different whatever wow. it wants to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a hologram. Yeah, it's a not it's not yeah. real. Yeah, in C- that again, sense. it could be the technology of the image. Again, exactly it really, yeah. that, that it you know it's kind of like beta testing. Yeah. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. Because yeah. it kind of fits in. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that, that, you know, it is, you look at that kind of stuff, Greg, and you realize, yo, we're right there. I mean, the technology is right there. And, um, you know, it, it's, you know, they could do that. The Antichrist could ask MC that. You've got demons, they could call it. And you could do like their own show. You know, he probably will. I mean, you got talent, right? Is that, yeah. It's just a thought. Yeah. Or you've got tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of you've got talent, you've got tyrant, <laughs> yeah. and he shows up. Yeah, well, Whatever. anyway, probably shouldn't joke. We're just killing time because there's really not that much. Well, time two left minutes to, to go. No, two yeah. minutes to go. So we want. Let me let me just, if I could, use the two minutes real quick. I'm going to be tonight in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh yes, please at, at, at Grasslands Heights Baptist Church. Okay, doing a prophecy conference. It'll start at six thirty. It's out in Franklin. It starts at six thirty, and then uh, there'll be that'll be tonight, and then tomorrow morning there'll be another one uh, at um, I think nine o'clock is what time it is tomorrow morning. But it's free. There's no cost at all. We're going to be talking about just prophecy, uh, Daniel, Revelation. We're going to be doing things. So it's good. You're, if you're in the Nashville area and you hear this, we'd love to have you come out to Grassland Heights out in Franklin, the Grassland Heights Baptist, 630 tonight and tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock for a mini conference, a mini prophecy conference. Wow. And then you're going to be back here. Back, back here Saturday, Saturday night. night to teach Saturday night. Yeah. You know, no, it's a busy day. It's okay. No, it's fun. No, no, it's great. No, seriously, you are the Pastor Lorian. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable energy. <laughs> well, it's almost more Star Trek. They're going to beam me up there and beam me back. So yes. maybe I'd be more Captain Kirk. I don't but know. That might be better. Now, Scotty, you could be Scotty. You've entered, just, you've entered the prophecy transfer portal. Look, you've got all those things you push up and down on the, on the board. Yes. And they could beam me back and forth with I've, that. I right wish here. you could. It would I save time. Th- I wish this would work. Well, either way. So um, anyway, just want to encourage anybody that's in that yeah, area. Great. That's a, just kind of a little plug there. And, okay. and we'll be up there. I'll be up there and having fun with the people of Nashville. Yeah. Good. That's great. Okay, yeah. well. 
uh, that's our way of killing time because there wasn't enough time to get into <laughs> to get into uh, articles of interest that we still have on deck, but we are going to get into many of them when we come back on the second half and get into a lot of pestilence, plagues, disasters, and of course, heavy on the prophetic corruption. The Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. We'll be right back. WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. For any partnership to succeed, the interested parties must communicate freely and honestly about finances. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. And today, Crown's founder, Larry Burkett, stresses that a marriage partnership is no exception. If you're able to agree about everything, husband and wife, it's because one of you is lying. That's the only reason you'll ever agree about everything. One of you is willing to be weak and not speak up for what you believe to be the truth. Because if you are married, you are different. And if you're different, you're not going to agree about everything. And that's kind of the check and balance again. You must learn to communicate. Let me tell you one of the things I would recommend. Is that every husband and every wife talk about their finances. A day, totally by yourself, to just decide, how do we feel about our children and their education? How do we feel about how much money we spend on our house or on our cars or on our clothes or on entertainment and am I, do I have a piece about it do I think it's too much or too little do we give enough do we give too much are we giving to the right places to begin to talk about it and you know what many couples have found out in fact I've had many many husbands who have told me you know I never understood what an important asset God gave me because I never asked my wife what her opinion was and come to find out she really understood some things that I didn't have a grasp for particularly about people and, and especially sometimes about giving to needs because women in, in great part are very sensitive to needs around them. And they'll sense a need, but if they don't sense that their husband's willing to listen, she won't ever mention it. In my new book, Seven Gray Swans, I describe potentially significant events that could happen. A gray swan's an obvious danger that we tend to ignore. My goal is to show you how to prepare for and survive these economic threats. The ebook is available now at Amazon.com. A moment of grace with Ed Taylor. What has happened over the years, the topic of the Holy Spirit has created sharp divisions and debates in the church. Instead of embracing the Spirit, so many responses range from the absolute strange to the absolute denial and neglect of the Holy Spirit. From barking and yelping to the Spirit doesn't work today. We don't need the Spirit anymore. Only the, whole, only the gifts were for the early church and n- neither extreme is acceptable. There is some biblical balance of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that's what we're seeking to find as we study the Scriptures. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, uh, November, I was going to say February 12th, November 12th, 2021. Maybe I'm wishing it was February in 2022, or go back to February. There you I go. have no idea. There you go. And that's the neat thing about our Lord, as He exists outside of time. He knows everything from beginning to end. Right. He's multidimensional. He's nonlinear. And we are very blessed uh, with that, because we get to know the future. Yeah. And not be surprised about the things that we see. That's right. Yep. That's so. right. And uh, we see a lot of pestilence. Yes. Plagues. Yes, disasters. And corruption. So let's get into them. This is from timesofisrael.com. This is very interesting, Pastor Mark. COVID proteins. This, is, this has been identified now by an Israeli team. And you'll get into who this team is yes. here in the article. Uh, but they have um, identified... Uh, COVID proteins that are triggering strokes yes. and heart attacks. 
Yeah, again, this is actually good news in the sense they're finding a way to cure it. Discovery made through peak in virus black box, end quote, could lead to therapies that halt havoc wrought on the vascular system, says the Tel Aviv University scientists. Israeli scientists have identified the virus proteins that are triggering strokes and heart attacks in COVID-19 patients. In a breakthrough, they expect will pave the way for new drugs. As you know, one of the problems with whole COVID is it does cause strokes and heart attack. The scientists made the discovery by taking a peek into the virus's black box. Dr. Ben Mayoz of Tel Aviv University told the Times of Israel, explaining that his team analyzed all 29 proteins of the virus to figure out which of them are wreaking havoc in the vascular system. And I quote, coronavirus isn't purely respiratory, a respiratory disease that we first thought. We have identified the proteins that put patients at increased risk of stroke, heart attack, and other problems associated with the vascular system. Now, again, most of you probably knew that there's been a heart attack and stroke associated with uh, COVID-19. Uh, what they found is, again, the whole point, which we just read, is they find, they're finding a way now to hopefully do away with that, to remove that danger of that happening. But the, I want to kind of bounce off this a little bit, Greg, because we're also seeing a lot of strokes and heart attack and things happening after the shot, when people go and get the shot. Yes. Uh, the numbers are much higher than are indicated. Which for, is what I thought this story was actually about. Yeah, but yeah. the numbers are a lot higher than indicated, actually. And uh, I can't get into all the VARES and all the different things. That's the, 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 the uh, group that you turn all these things into. The bottom line is there are a lot of uh, strokes and heart attacks and other issues, uh, neurological, all kinds of things happening from the COVID-19 shot as a, as a consequence uh, which brings up, you know, again, a lot of questions, you know, is it, which is worse. However, uh, this kind of brings up the point of what's happening is since the COVID-19 will make the body more uh, conducive to a heart attack or stroke, the shot mimics COVID-19 to create the proteins to protect you from it. The problem is it starts increasing what COVID-19 does, which means if you had a heart attack, it can actually increase the event of a heart attack or a stroke could increase the event. It puts this uh, sticky substance around the cells on the protein. We now know from the science uh, that's coming out. And so that's what's making the shot uh, sometimes cause people to actually go into a heart attack or a stroke, which, again, is all the more reason. I don't get too side sidetracked on this today. But the whole discussion of with our kids, listen, our kids aren't even having really consequences from COVID-19. I think it's crazy to be giving them an injection that increases the uh, probability, you know, the the chance of heart attack or stroke or other things. I don't understand. I wouldn't understand what's going on if I didn't understand the Bible. And this is where knowing Bible and prophecy comes in. Uh, the question is, why would we, we would we be pushing children to get this shot when they're not really at risk? Remember, when the Antichrist, the whole thing is, the whole world has to have the same mindset across the board. When the Antichrist comes on the scene, it's not just going to be the adults that have to take the mark. Children need to take the mark as well so they can be tracked and followed and controlled. Even babies. I read this week they started experimenting on babies six months old with the COVID shot. To me, this is insanity. We're putting our children in grave danger for no reason. They're not in a risk zone. Now, with that said, I understand it. You wonder, why, why are we so crazy? Why are we doing these crazy things that don't make any logical sense worldwide? It shows you the control that Satan has of the planet, and the Bible describes exactly what it is in the last days. The whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, preparing the world, getting ready for everyone to do this thing together for the good of mankind, even the children. And Greg, this is paving the way. Now they're pushing it on children. This is paving the way for the mindset of the, of the, the mark being put into a child. How many parents would let somebody mark their child? Not many. But if you get the mindset in advance and then it's introduced, it's going to be a lot easier to do. That's exactly what we see happening with this whole thing on the push uh, push with our children to get it. Well, with that said about our children, this next article uh, segues nicely from Times of Israel. Yes. Israel approves COVID shots for kids and experts predict an uphill acceptance struggle. There you go. There you go. Well, and that's why this needs to be introduced now so that when the mark comes along, everyone will already have crossed over that mental threshold. Campaign to inoculate children ages 5 to 11 will be very challenging. And let me add, and so it should be. It's crazy. Assesses health researcher, epidemiologist warned to take up gaps between the rich and the poor. Now, this is going to lead to something else, Greg. It's interesting. Uh, Israel on Wednesday evening approved the coronavirus vaccine for children, but experts say that a long struggle lies ahead to convince parents to accept them. According to the decision, which follows the lead of the United States, shame on us, Israeli children aged 5 to 11 will soon be eligible for a child dose Pfizer vaccine. Uh, the first shipments of the specialized vaccines are expected to arrive in Israel next week. It's very important. It's a very important decision, it says, for a safe vaccine. 
um, the Times of Israel shortly said. Again, I, I, I don't know how safe it is. I might argue. I'm not going to go into that right now. We actually expect even lower levels of side effects. Here's why. Uh, uh, because we're giving them a lower a dose than we do even teenagers. So if we compare the alternative to natural infection, we're feeling quite confident about the vaccine for kids. Here's what drives me crazy. They're saying compared to natural infection, they have almost zero consequence from natural infection, which means any shot is worse than natural infection for a child. All you're doing is adding the possibility of, of, of symptoms and problems in your children when they won't have them for the most part. It's, it's very rare that a child does. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, Again, it goes on, talks about, you know, they're, they're, here's their, one of the concerns, Greg, and this is kind of a, another part of this. Uh, this last line, it says, um, another health expert, um, Jumana Essa Haddad, said that the child vaccination drive will prove very challenging. And they go to talk in the article about the fact that, again, it may be challenging among rich and poor, other different people groups. Some will take it, some won't. And they're trying to find a way to, to really push everyone to take it so you don't have these gaps. But where this is leading, Greg, and be watching for this, all of our listeners and watchers, be watching for this. There's now it's creating an environment of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated to even a greater level to where you'll be able to do things the others can't do. You're going to be marked. You're going to be looked down on. You're going to be separated. It's going to be like the segregation of black and white back in the 60s, except this will be vaccinated, unvaccinated. I'm not trying to compare. No, I'm not trying to compare this to slavery. Please don't misread me. But But, what Hitler did with the Jews in World War Two, separating people groups for his purposes. And the idea is to get pressure on those that won't do it to give in. And for those that won't do it, get this, with the mark, now we're getting the mindset in place. For those who won't take the mark, it tells us in Scripture, they will be put to death. So it won't be a matter of just, oh, yeah, we're going to mark you. We're going to make you worse some identifier. We're going to do what? No, we'll kill you. And that's why I say I'm so glad the rapture is going to take place prior to that. And we're out of here because we're not going to have to face that. But we're going to face the headwinds, and they have already begun. Uh, you know, when we're talking about all of this, it reminds me that there's multiple things that are going on, not just prophetically, but then it reminds me of John chapter 10, when Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You know, in the midst of these events that we're talking about with regard to the virus yes. and with regard to the vaccine right. and the death that surrounds them both, Yes. It's not just a preparation for things to come in terms of mental conditioning, emotional conditioning, things like that, for the things that are going to come through the Antichrist directly. But this is also part of what Jesus said, why the enemy has come. Yeah. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's right. And he's doing it indiscriminately yeah. it doesn't matter your age he wants the kids he wants the adults he wants every ethnicity it really doesn't matter to yeah him. yeah and we're seeing that play itself well, out Greg, in the midst of prophecy being fulfilled again you're right and you see the insanity of what's happening i understand people panicked about the the uh, pandemic thing but the reality is it is spreading just as rapidly among the vaccinated this is not an, un- an unvaccinated no. problem. Nope. It is spreading. As a matter of fact, it was interesting. Aaron Rodgers, as we know, saw in the news, yes. the football player, yes. for those who don't keep up, whatever. They gave him a hard time because he had COVID, but he, he didn't take the shot. And his own remedy that he had, he got over it. And he got Immunotherapy better. or whatever. But there's another football player this week that is double vaccinated from another team, maybe triple with the booster, who just went in the hospital now with lung issues. And the, the treatment that they gave him through the government has failed, and the one that Aaron Rodgers did has been successful. And, and so when you look at it, you know, Again, it's not even approved yet. These shots aren't even officially approved until 2023, 2024. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're pushing our children. Exactly. I, listen, I don't care what kind of, well, I don't care what people say about me. I, I feel a responsibility under God. You need to protect your children. This is insanity. And I think there's going to be grave consequences from it. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of insanity. That's another good segue. You're just full of good segues today, Pastor Mark. Yes, but I don't see a climate. We'll have to work that one in. No, Go we're ahead. working it right now. Oh, we are? Oh, did, oh, you don't have a copy of it, though. Go ahead, read it to me. That's perfect. That's why I couldn't find it, but I saw to make sure okay. we, this is it. Well, we're if, right you, on if you, if you, if, Pastor Mark, if you'll go to the Washington Examiner. Yes. And look for a doctor clinically diagnoses a patient with climate change. Oh, my goodness. That's right. We talked about this. This is, this is what we're going to talk about, because while on the surface... That sounds preposterous, and it is, and somewhat humorous, and it is on a certain level. You know, this could be the sign of the future to come. Yes. In terms of being able to 
try to stamp validation on climate change if you can associate it to someone's personal health status. Yeah. Why don't you do this? Read some of it because I can't find it, but I, I do have a comment on that. I know about this. I'm aware of it, sure. but, I, but I want to hear. I thought we had it in our notes and we don't. But okay. Go ahead and cover it right there. I'll, uh, I'll talk about well, it. Well, it, it starts by saying a patient came into the emergency room in Kootenay Lake Hospital in Nelson, British Columbia, struggling to breathe. Uh, Dr. Kyle Merritt assessed that worsening wildfire smoke in the region exacerbated the patient's asthma. The doctor then clinically diagnosed the patient yeah. with climate change yeah. as a result of this. Um, he says, uh, it, it's me trying to just process what I'm seeing. We're in the emergency department. We look after everybody from the most privileged to the most vulnerable, from cradle to grave. We see everybody. And it's hard to see people, especially the most vulnerable people in our society, being affected. It's frustrating. Yeah. So... You know, he's attributing wildfires yeah. to... It's crazy. Yeah. Here's the bottom line, Greg, and, I, and the comment I want to make on this, listen, I want our listeners to be watching this because I believe this is the next thing to come down the pike. Uh, whenever you get large numbers of people on a statistic, then it moves the masses. It manipulates the masses. They're going to start saying now when people die, for whatever the reason, I mean, everybody dies, 10 out of every 10. Some die of heart attacks, some die of strokes, some die of old age, some die of heat exhaustion, some die of freezing. They're going to say climate change killed this person. No. The fall of mankind killed the person, but let's get back. They're going to say, okay, so now we have one on official statistic. How many more have died of climate? Let's go back and look. Oh, there's a million died over the years. Now these are dying of climate change. Listen, if they get a large, gigantic climate change statistic they can put up on the news every night, here's how many are dying from climate change. What does it force and manipulate the masses to do? We have to do something, even if we have to give up cars, even if we have to give up oil and gas and give up vacations and give up warmth and give up freedoms and whatever we have to give up. It's all worth it because we're saving the planet. Listen, this whole thing is such a farce. This is being used by the enemy, Greg, in such a demonic way to get the world to do what they want. Climate change, for those who do their homework, has, has been around since the earth was created. There's been warmer times, hotter times, cooler times. But they try to find things that they can go see that are happening at the moment and accentuate them to make their point. Listen to this article. I want to read an article from the AP I had for you. I didn't get you a copy of this, but listen to this. Talking about climate change. It says uh, the, this from the AP, uh, actually the Washington Post. The, the Arctic Ocean is warming up. Icebergs are growing scarcer, and in some places, the seals are finding the water too hot, according to a report by the Commerce Department yesterday uh, uh, from Bergen, Norway. Reports from fishermen, seal hunters, and explorers uh, say they declared um, all point to a radical change in climate conditions and hitherto unheard of temperatures in the Arctic zone. Exploration expeditions report that scarcely any ice has been met with as far north as 81 degrees and 21 minutes are given the actual whatever. <laughs> Soundings to a depth of 3,100 meters show the Gulf Stream is still very warm. And I quote, great masses of ice have been replaced by uh, moraines of earth and stones. The report continued, while at many points well uh, known, glaciers have entirely disappeared. Very few seals and no white fish are found in the eastern Arctic, while vast shoals of herring smelts and smelts, which have never before ventured so far north, are being encountered in the old seal fishing grounds. This is AP Washington Post, November 2nd, 1922. <laughs> Nothing's new under the sun. 1922 article I just read. Wow. That's and, amazing. And since then, we've had ice packs that yeah. have covered up the majority of that. Yeah. In other words, this fluctuation has gone on since man's history. Here's what's happening. The enemy is using this to make people feel like we've got to panic and save the planet. We cannot save the planet. God is the savior of the planet. God is the sustainer of the planet. He promises he will hold the planet in order until Jesus comes back so we don't have to panic. And then when Jesus comes back, he's going to restore everything. Yeah. Be good stewards, yes, but relax. This is the enemy using it to manipulate the world. And so, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. No, prior to the flood, Pastor Mark, the earth really didn't have changing climates. It was a it was a temperate condi con right. continual yes. worldwide climate. Yes. When the flood came, uh, and after the flood, then we've got our seasons. But I'm just wondering language wise, because you talked about in Matthew twenty four, the beginning of sorrows, the wording there indicates birth pangs like childbirth. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So in the instances in scripture when it talks about that the earth groans for the lord's return yeah the very his very creation itself yeah is is the language there in type like what 
Jesus said in type that these are like birth pangs? Is, is the world going through contractions of sorts waiting for the Lord's return? Because we really attribute the, the changes and extreme changes in our climate is the groaning of the earth waiting for the Lord's return because the Bible tells us that the earth will do that in the latter days. Exactly right. As a matter of fact, exactly. Greg says that the earth is groaning for the return of the Lord, and that is part of the birth pains. The earth is trying to give, wants to give birth to the new kingdom. That is of Jesus Christ and, and coming to restore yeah. the earth. So God is the one. I think about the pressure on our kids today. I've said this before, but you know, we're teaching our children that it's up to them to save the planet. Oh my goodness, if I thought it was, if I was five and thought it was up to me to save the planet, I couldn't sleep at night. No wonder these kids are going nuts. Yeah. You're, they're not, they're not going to rest. They're going to be panicked. This is crazy. Jesus Christ holds all things together. Colossians chapter one. He, by his power, holds all things together. He will do so until his return. And let me give you one other quick thing on this. We can rest in the Lord. Just rest and he's, he's got it taken care of. This is the enemy doing this to manipulate the world and the mindset of the world. But back during the days of Rome, they were having climate issues. I've got the articles. I've, I've, I've from yeah, research. Yeah, sir. They, they have. They uh, they were talking about the environment and the problems they had with climate change. All that was going on. Same climate things going on two thousand years ago, and they were blaming it on the Christians. Isn't that interesting? How the enemy uses yes. the same thing over and over and over. And I'll tell you what. Even now, me being a Christian and speaking out against it, it's the kind of thing that could bring heat against me or against other believers who say this. Because the, it, this is part of the enemy's plan. It's something yeah. he is doing, and we're hitting it head on saying, this is the enemy. Pay no attention. Yeah. You know, if you're listening to this and you're in continual fear, like what Pastor Mark just described, that somehow it's, it's up to you to save the planet. You know, the Bible says that that fear did not come from God, because yep, the Bible right. says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, yep. but of love, power, and a sound mind. Right. We've got to keep that in mind. That's right. That's right. Good reminder. All right. Let's get into some church news. Christian Post is reporting that churches worldwide are uniting in prayer for 340 million Christians that are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus around the world. Yeah, this is something, again, just as sad, but again, it's the world we live in. Now it's coming to a nation near you. To observe the annual International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted, on Sunday, churches around the world are praying for more than 340 million Christians who are persecuted and oppressed for their faith. Now, again, I, I, this article says for over two decades, the global church has united in prayer for this, and etc. I wanted to leave this in there for this point. You need to realize the persecution going on for the church today is the worst ever in world history. We don't think of that. We think, oh, it was worse in the days of Rome. Oh, it was worse in the days of whatever. No, more, more, more believers have died in the last 100 to 120 years uh, com- than all the other years combined of believers. I mean, it's just not happening in America, so we don't see it. The Bible says in the last days, persecution will increase against the Jews and the Christians, and we're watching it happen exponentially. Just a good reminder, pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. Sad story, but something we need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, our next story, Pastor Mark, uh, is uh, close to home uh, because uh, this particular pastor is on our radio station, WIM, heard weekdays at 4.30. Uh, and he is being quoted as saying that pastors who refuse Bible prophecy are failing to teach 20 to 40 percent of the Bible, and that is Pastor Jack Hibbs. Yeah. And, and really everything that he's saying in this article, we've been saying on this program for quite some time, right. but he's now said it all in one article. Yeah, well, <laughs> again, they had a prophecy conference, and he said this. I couldn't agree with him more. Let's read it, and we'll discuss it a moment. It says, during a, pre- a prophecy question and answer last month, Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in Southern California said that pastors who choose not to preach on Bible prophecy are failing to teach 20 to 40 percent. As you said, Hibbs stressed the pastor should preach on prophecy, noting the book of Revelation, chapter 19, tells us that Jesus himself is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus said, I give you these things in advance, so when they happen, you'll know that I am the self-existing eternal God. According to the Christian Post, Hibbs also pointed out that some other some seminaries don't teach Bible prophecy at all which he asserted is an issue since courses in eschatology feature prophecies, including those on salvation and the Messiah. People are going to pay uh, $100,000 to get their doctorate in theology and come out expected to become a pastor of a church and the world around them is being prophetic, whether they like it or not. It's happening, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. So they avoid it, and they never have been taught because they're not taught in the seminaries. That's not a good start. Watch out where you're going to seminary if you're going to go, he said. Anyway, it's sad. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. But here's the bottom line. You know, Greg, uh, part of what uh, I know in, in, in my friend's heart that, that put this conference together in Nashville is that he says, look, so much of the church and believers, they don't know prophecy. And he said they need to know what's going on. 
about a third of the Bible. Somewhere right around in there is, is prophecy. If you're not looking at prophecy, you're leaving out about a third of the Bible. And my question to our listeners is, which part of Jesus do you not need? Because he is the Bible. He is the word. And he's all the word from beginning to end. We need all of him. And if you don't know what's going to happen, what are you watching for? The Lord said, be watching, be ready. You can't be watching and ready if you don't know prophecy. I want to encourage the pastors that are listening today, those that are out there listening, to encourage their pastors, teach prophecy, learn prophecy. It's not something out there that's, you know, nanu, nanu, as they used to say. It's God's word. Learn it, teach it, and 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 grow in it because, you know, we're going to watch it happen. You might as well know what's happening as you watch it, and then you'll know what to do and have peace about it. Well, I think one of the most underrated verses is what you just shared there from Revelation chapter 19. Yeah. It, it's If you're denying prophecy, it's not that you're just denying 20 to 40% of the Bible. You're denying Jesus. The Spirit, yeah, because he is. Yeah, that's right. It, Jesus is not to be picked and choosed in, in what parts of him you believe. That's right. You have to take him totally. That's right. You know, he in his whole being died for you, not yeah. just 60%. Yeah. And the other 40% didn't. That's I mean, right. To me, I think that's just a profound verse that encapsulates well, you know, the whole purpose of prophecy. Remember what Jesus said. He says, the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was, was God, God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word. So if you're leaving out a third of the Bible, He's the Word. You're leaving out a third of Jesus. My question would be, which third can you do without? I want every bit of Him. Head to toe, every drop I can get. I'm not leaving any of Jesus out. And that's what happens to people who, ne- who neglect prophecy. In the times we live in, how much more do we need that prophetic part Absolutely. of Jesus? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're not going crazy. All right, some good news. At least I hope so. Uh, this is from Christian Headlines. Pastor Mark, a man finds freedom through Jesus after being involved in Satanism and the occult for 33 years. Now, let me tell yeah. you, statistically, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, even to come to Christ after being yes. a Satanist, but then yes. older. A former Satanist term pastor recently shared how he found Christ after being involved in Satanism for more than three decades. According to the Christian Post, Brian Cole shared his testimony on the final episode of the Playing with Fire broadcast by Hilly Hallowell. Uh, Cole told Hallowell, I was 10 years old, I had an abusive father, I was bullied at school, and my mom forced us to go to church. Cole also suffered emotional abuse at this church, he said. Eventually, he befriended a group of older kids who treated him with respect, despite not realizing they were Satanists at the moment. Uh, They were talking to me, and they were giving me attention, he said. They weren't calling me names and beating me down. He later realized his new friends were Satanists. And they wanted him to get involved in some of their practices. He talks about, he says, one of their rituals was to sacrifice a squirrel. I told him I couldn't do that. And they said, we have to cut yourself then. So he started cutting himself and mutilating himself. which That always goes with demonism, the cutting and mutilation. Uh, And in 2009, Cole would once again be be arrested. But this time he realized something needed to change. You know, it's interesting to hear that he he got thrown in jail and that changed his life. That was a big turning point for me. I tried to commit suicide. I didn't just want to live anymore, he explained. Or just didn't want to live anymore. It was during his imprisonment that Cole would start to read the Bible as well as get off drugs. While he initially scoffed when he read the scriptures, his perspective on the word would soon change after a copy of Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ mm. was slid across the floor of his jail wow. cell. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? When he slid it across there. When I got <laughs> done with that book, I could no longer deny the fact that Jesus existed on this earth. All my life I'd sought the truth. He added that truth was the key to his life turning around, and now he's become a pastor. You know, you read these kind of things, Greg, and you realize, you know, God is still in the business of saving those he's going to save. He knows who he's going to save, and he uses whatever. And again, my I don't have as dramatic of a story, but it was an issue with legal things and, and, and that kind of thing that led me to Christ. And some of us, it takes more. We have to be face down before we'll look up, and I was one of those. And if that's you today, look, I I pray that you'd make a decision. You know, if you're kind of stubborn about things, don't wait until you have to be thrown in jail or you're face down or some major tragedy comes into your life before you return to or or, or turn to the Lord for help. Jesus said this, all who, you know, all you weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, if you come to me, I will in no way cast you out. He will accept anyone. He will accept you right now, but you need to come on his terms. How do you do that? Just tell him right now, I am a sinner. I confess my sin to you. I ask your forgiveness of my sins. I believe you died for me on the cross. And and Jesus, I choose now to give my life to you. And, you know, say that to the Lord from your heart, not just your lips. Make it real. And if you do that, the Bible says you'll be born again and you'll inherit heaven forever. And not just miss all this stuff we talk about every week that I don't want to be here for. And we're having to go through some of it. But you will have an eternity with the Lord uh, of joy and bliss and family and forgiveness. And just, again, um, 
I give you that invitation. Respond to that. If you want to receive the Lord, pray that prayer right now and respond to that. And, and if you want to talk to someone, call us here at Calvary Chapel, Knoxville. We will talk to you and we will pray with you as well. Yeah, that's great, Pastor Mark. Folks, thanks for listening to our program. And we do encourage you to uh, visit thewaymedia.net where you can uh, get previous episodes of our program, ask Pastor Mark those prophecy questions, plus see our other content that we provide, including all the programming that we run 24 hours a day right here on WIAM. And if uh, you do want to talk to someone uh, about the Lord or about concerns, you can always call us at 865-609-1385 to talk to a pastor here on staff. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you and hope to see you back here next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. Make a choice. You can decide to see the worst in everything you encounter and then follow that up with a potent blend of anxiety, pessimism, and criticism. Sounds delightful, doesn't it? On the other hand, you could also wake up and make a different choice. You could decide to worship and add rejoicing and praise. This blend is infused with a pleasing aroma of faith, optimism, and encouragement. But hey, the choice is yours. The biggest downside will be that if you decide to see the worst in things, it welcomes others to see a darker and more forbidding place. The upside to worship is knowing that the God you worship is in control. It rejoices in the things you actively seek out that prove God is at work and is optimistic in the praise that thanks God for the incredible things he's done, is doing, and will do. So when you open your eyes from a state of sleep, take the time to make the choice.